0: Dating is complicated. Sometimes when I talk to people who are dating, I ask them, so wh- you and Jennifer, what happened? And they're like, oh, it's kind of complicated. And that's kind of the term that we use to describe the messiness of, of dating in the dating world. So part of what makes it complicated is like, where do I even find someone to date? You know, I have to find a person to date. So do I go to um, a bar? Do I go to, to a fraternity party? Do I go to a website? Do I go to a dating service? Do I find someone at work, at church? I mean, how do I even navigate all of this? And sometimes then you, you look for a person like, how do I find someone that has common interests as I do? You know, you, you know stories when uh, y- you like to take quiet walks and he likes to watch monster truck racing, right? Or are you like, to have a quiet dinner and look into his eyes and he wants to go through the drive through at White Castle and go home and eat sliders on the couch. And you're just like, okay, this whole thing just seems kind of complicated to me to try to navigate. So unless you want to move to India and get a prearranged marriage, which I mean, I guess you could do, but most people in America don't want to do that. Many of you, if you're in that age group, or you're, if you're in the dating life or stage of your life, you have to navigate this thing that we call dating. That's why we're going to spend two weeks talking about it here at Exodus. Because one reason I think we can talk about it, it's a preemptive strike. Because... Many people make very critical mistakes in judgment when they date. I mean, people who are smart, people who are well-educated, people who have common sense, people who who I would think in, in many ways would know better make really poor choices and mistakes when it comes to dating. So hopefully over the next two weeks, I can give you some tools and some practical information through God's word that will help you avoid some of the ache in the dating arena. Secondly, many people disconnect their relationship with God from their dating experience. It's like the two have nothing to do with one another. Like they're in totally self, self, uh, separate realms. And we've all heard the phrase that uh, love is blind. And, and you see it in other people, don't you? When, when they make really poor choices in the dating world. But some of the most sweetest Humble, God-loving people some do some of the dumbest things when it comes to trying to get a date or with the opposite sex. I have a pastor friend of mine that uh, we used to work together at a church. And when he was in his early 20s, he got set up on a blind date. And after the date, he found out that the girl that he was dating with was a stripper. And so I like to bring that up every time that I meet him. I mean, I, I always bring it up like, Dave, you remember that time you went out with the stripper and he like, doesn't like to talk about it? Especially if his wife is around, he doesn't like to talk about it. <laughs> But dating doesn't have to be horrible. It doesn't have to be a horrible experience because God didn't create it to be this painful and awkward experience that many of us have experienced it to be. So the goal over the next two weeks is for me just to share with you some practical wisdom from God's word and hopefully help you, equip you, and help you get through this thing that we call dating. Now here's one of the biggest problems that I think people make in this whole realm of dating. They have unrealistic expectations, and they're chasing after something that doesn't really exist. So I would assume in here all of us have seen The Wizard of Oz, right? And if you haven't, just go ahead and nod, because you you probably should have seen it. So um, in The Wizard of Oz, there's Dorothy and all those characters, and they're following this, what's the thing called? Yellow Brick Road, right, because they're searching, they're going to find the wizard, and their hopes is that the wizard is going to help them with all of them have these different issues, and they're all going down the Yellow Brick Road trying to find the wizard. What happens in the movie, and so if you haven't seen it, I'm going to kind of give away the ending, so I'm going to ruin it for you, but um, what happens at the end is when they find the wizard, what do they realize? He's just like a really small man behind a curtain, right? And he really does not have the power to fix all of their problems. Now, here's the analogy when it comes to dating. If you take your cues for dating from culture, movies, the little tabloid magazines that are in the checkout aisle, what you see on the internet, what you hear other people that you work with or go to school with, or the person that you have a part-time job with that's been divorced four times and is divorced again. If you take all of your dating cues from all of that, you're going to follow down a yellow brick road that's going to lead you not to what you're really looking for, but ultimately to disappointment. Because many times, those are the people that that are talking about dating. The church is pretty silent many times when it comes to this. But we hear the world talking about it. We go to movies, we see it. We see it on television. Everyone's talking about dating and sexuality, and the church is almost silent. Like, we hope you'll just, like, figure it out on your own. So that's why we're talking about it over the next couple of weeks. In my mind, I envision dating more like a soldier walking through the streets of Afghanistan. Okay, if you get that picture in your mind, I mean, you got the fatigues on, you've got the armored vest, you got the helmet, you got your radio, you got your gun. I mean, you're walking through the streets of Afghanistan and, and you're trying to avoid landmines, you're trying to avoid car bombs, you're trying to avoid snipers. So let's pretend for a second that you were the... You were the soldier in Afghanistan and you go to walk that and they, they give you your mission and they issue you khaki shorts, a t-shirt, sunglasses, and flip-flops. And they're like, there you go. There you go. Go at it. Just, just protect everyone. And this is what we're issuing you and you're just supposed to do it. How would that make you feel? You probably feel like, I, I don't really think I'm prepared for this. I mean, I, don't I need like weapons and armor and, you know, an outfit and a helmet and all that? Well, many people approach dating like a soldier walking through the streets of Afghanistan wearing flip-flops. I mean, that's kind of the way they do it. And so there are all these potential things that could go wrong, and they do go wrong, and, and they're just not very, very prepared. But so much of that misery doesn't really have to happen. You know, as a pastor, I get the unique perspective too often of dealing with relationship miseries, like things that, that don't really go right. And, and it's, it's part of my job, and I'm always there to help people, but I deal with people sometimes that are in marriages that they never should have gotten into, shotgun weddings, uh, people that are trying to figure out how to get out of marriages that they're in and they don't want to be in any longer, and there's just so much misery that goes in with this whole dating, marriage, sexuality thing, and we, we all make mistakes, but if there are principles that we follow, I think they can keep us and alleviate some of the pain that we find in relationships and dating. And God's word isn't silent when it comes to practical advice for dating, So this morning, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna give you five commitments that I'm gonna challenge all of you to make. If you're in the dating arena, five commitments that we're gonna look through and find scripture that back them up, that if you will make a decision to stop following the yellow brick road and to commit yourself to these things that we're going to do, I think they would help alleviate a lot of the pain and a lot of the misery and a lot of the heartache that comes with this thing that we call dating. Because if you do, I believe, if you follow them, There's the pitfalls, disappointments, regrets, heartaches that often often accompany dating that I think we can avoid. So here's the first commitment. I want to ask you to commit to trusting and following God's plan on who you are. Trust, accept, and follow God's plan on who you are. Because if you're trying to live out God's plan in your life, if if you are a person who's trying to live out God's will, if you're a person who's been redeemed, sanctified, and you say, yes, I'm a believer, I want to live my life the way that God wants me to, then you're not just another person out there looking for a date. And you're not just looking for anybody out there. You have been called to live differently in the world. Listen to what it says in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It's maybe a verse that you've heard before. This is from the New Living Translation. It says, don't copy the behavior and customs of the world. That's Yellow Brick Road. Okay, that's just doing what everyone else is doing, trying to date the way everyone else dates. And that's what we see in the movies. That's what culture teaches us. But it says in Romans, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. In other words, allow God to change your approach to dating. After all, God is the one who created males. God is the one who created females. God is the one that created sexuality. So he ought to know what he's talking about when it comes to this arena. Then you will learn to know what God's will is for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Perfect. Now, notice the word in that last sentence, then. It, it means after. After you follow God's principles, not before, not while, not at the same time, but after, before you are a guy going out on a date, before you're a hot chick looking for someone to, uh, for Mr. Wright. you are to trust God and understand who you are and embrace that you are a person who has been redeemed by God and you should be looking with that context in mind. Another problem that people have when they're dating is that they're trying to find a soulmate instead of becoming a soulmate. Do you see the difference? They're trying to find a soulmate instead of trying to become a soulmate. If you look at any kind of classifieds, whether, I don't know if they still have them in the newspaper or Craigslist or a dating site, you always find people who are looking for people, right? It says things like single white female looking for a great guy to spend time with or well-built 23-year-old guy looking for a nice girl to have dinner with. Everyone is always looking for someone, not trying to become someone. So it's all about this whole idea of we're looking for Mr. Right. If we could find Mr. Right, if we could find Mrs. Right, if we could find that right person, then like it's going to alleviate all of my dating problems if I can just find the right person. But here's a question for you to consider. Are you the person that the person that you are looking for is looking for? Now think about that for a second. Are you the person that the person that you're looking for is looking for? Because then it puts it all back on you. Like, are you, are you becoming the, the right person? Are you the person that God wants you to be? Instead of trying to find Mr. Right or Mrs. Right to solve all of your problems, are you becoming and allowing God to make you into the person that you need to be? Because culture puts all the emphasis on finding the right person. God puts all the emphasis on you becoming the right person. So trust and follow God's plan on who you are. Second commitment is this. Trust and follow God's plan on who you'll see. Who you will see. If the person that you're dating is not spiritually aligned with you and with where you are, you have no business dating them. Now, let me repeat that. If the person that you're trying to date is not spiritually aligned with you, they don't, they don't necessarily believe the same things, and I don't mean everything, but, but they're not on a track where, if, if you're a person that says, you know, I try to follow God's plan for my life, and every day I try to do what God wants me to do, and you're trying to date a person that d- doesn't believe that, isn't trying to do that, wants nothing, apart, uh, nothing to do with that, then you don't have any business Dating them. But people say, well, but Dan, you know, he believes in God, or he comes to church, or I think she has a Bible, or her uncle is a pastor. Those are great. I mean, those are great things. They have nothing to do with you being spiritually aligned with that person. I could write down the names for you, and it would be a really, really long list of people that I've encountered in 20 years of ministry who were spiritually misaligned and were dating and in most cases got married. And um, many of them aren't married anymore. Uh, Some of them still are. But if if I could bring any one of them up here to share with you, they would probably tell you, don't do what I did. Don't, don't marry someone and think you're going to change them. Don't marry someone who you think, well, th- we're not really on the same page, but I think we're going to get on the same page. You need to find someone who is already spiritually on the same page as you. If you do that, you will avoid lots and lots of heartache, lots and lots of hard conversations, and lots and lots of grief. Many people think it's, it's just no big deal, right? it will just all work out, but we're in love and he's a wonderful guy. But Paul reveals to us in 2 Corinthians chapter six, verses 14 and 15. Listen to this verse. This is, these are, this is one of the ones that's hard to hear in scripture. It says, don't be yoked together with unbelievers. What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? Now, what is a yoke? A yoke is uh, a thing that they would uh, use. It's a wooden thing that they would put along two ox. It would go on top of them and they would strap this thing around their neck. So when you had two ox pulling a cart or pulling a plow or doing something, you could harness the power of two together. Now that works great as long as they're both trying to go in the same direction. But if one wants to go right and one wants to go left, then nobody goes either way. So in that verse, Paul's not saying you shouldn't date... A, somebody who's not spiritually aligned with you because you're better than them. That's not the point. The point is you have very specific things that you feel like God's called you to do, and if you're going to enter a relationship with someone who doesn't think that way at all, there's, there's going to be issues. There's going to be things that come up. There's going to be conflict, and you're fooling yourself if you think it's, you can just all work it out. Missionary dating is very noble. It's just not very wise. Okay, and when I say missionary dating, you're dating this person that you're their personal missionary and you're gonna bring them to love God just like you love God. That is very, very noble of you to do. It's just not very smart, okay? You can be their friend, you can help them, but you don't need to be in a strong, committed dating relationship with a person that you are not spiritually aligned with. If you make that commitment, you'll keep yourself from a lot of grief, All right, commitment number three. Trust and follow God's plan on where you will look. Where you will look. The mistake happens often when the dater gets tired of waiting on the creator, okay? The dater gets tired of waiting on the creator. I made that up myself, totally, (laughs) totally did. So when the dater gets tired of waiting on the creator, you're like, God, you're not bringing the right person into my life, okay? God, I've been waiting. I'm like 22 years old. My biological clock is ticking, okay? And... You're not bringing the right person to me. So when the dater gets tired of waiting on the creator, then we're like, well, I'll just take this into my own hands. I'll just go find me a person. And many times the places that we look, the places out of desperation, the things that you see in that video that are exaggerated, but we start looking and we're really blind to, um, we're blind to a lot of the faults because we're just thinking we just have to find someone to date. We think, well, maybe God's too busy. I mean, maybe that's why I I can't find someone to date. Maybe God doesn't care. Maybe God isn't hearing me when I'm praying. So we start manufacturing these creative ways to find someone to date. Now, the Bible doesn't really give us a chapter and a verse of the places to find a date and the places not to find a date. I mean, it would be nice if it was there, but it's not there. But my best advice is to put yourself in a place or places where that you would find a person of the opposite sex that would be highly likely to be spiritually aligned with you, okay? So put yourself in those types of places. Don't put yourself in places where you're highly unlikely to find someone who is spiritually aligned with you. You have to figure out and define what likely and unlikely look like. Pam and I, who uh, have been married 24 and a half years now, we met each other at freshman orientation in college. Now, I have to tell you this. Um, we were attending a small Christian college in Cincinnati. I was not, uh, I wasn't looking for somebody. Actually, I was dating someone from back home. I wasn't looking to find this person, and I thought I saw Pam, and she was like the hottest chick in the freshman <laughs> class, so uh, we kind of became friends, and that kind of e- evolved, but um, I say that because... I, I think I found Pam in a place where it was a very healthy place to find someone to date. It wasn't in a situation where I was looking and I was desperate and I was trying to find this person and trying to make it happen outside of God's timing and God's will. You need to have God's standards on where you will look and look in those environments. We read this passage in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, and, and we use it for a lot of different things, but I think it can be applied to dating. Listen to what it says. Now to him, and the him is God, our Heavenly Father, now to God, who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. So God, your Heavenly Father, is able to do immeasurably more than you could ever ask or imagine. That verse is a promise that God is completely capable of of helping you find at some point in your life, someone who's spiritually aligned with you. That's not too big of an ask for God. It's not too big of an expectation. I mean, he's the one that created the earth in six days. I mean, he rose Jesus from the grave. He parted the Red Sea. He talked audibly through a donkey in the Old Testament. That's one of my favorite stories, if you ever want to look that one up. I'm pretty sure that he can handle helping you find someone who you would be spiritually aligned with. My point is, you don't have to manufacture that. You wait on God. God will work that out. Trust and follow God's plan on where you will look. Got it? Okay, commitment number four. Trust and follow God's plan on what you will do, on what you will do. Now, next Sunday, we are going to talk about sexuality, and so it's going to get all hot and heavy in here, and uh, we're not going to dig into this one too much, because I've got to save it for, for next week, but the title of my sermon next week is Bow Chicka Bow Wow, okay? <laughs> so... Um, if you have somebody that you want to invite to church, you tell them my pastor speaking in the name of his sermon is Bow Chicka Bow Wow. And they'll like go, oh, really? Okay. Uh, God talks a lot about sexuality and we're going to kind of deal with that a lot more. But um, here's what Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 14 to 15. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who has called you is holy, so be holy in all that you do. God is the designer of sexuality, the designer of male and female, and your heavenly father created us that way, and it's part of his plan that you would wait until you're married to have intimate sexual relations with the opposite sex. We're gonna talk about that a lot more. And if you don't compromise on what you'll do to get a date, how far you'll go with the other person, God will honor that. Most of you know that Pam and I have... Four kids, so it's pretty common knowledge that my wife can't keep her hands off of me. Um, that's just, just saying. You know, it's it's the cross that we all have to bear, but, or, or that I have to bear. But um, but here's what I'm do. I I want to challenge you to trust and follow that God has limitations on your sexuality before you're married, and it's not so that you won't have any fun but it's so that you can experience something in marriage afterwards that will be a blessing. And if you will follow that, and if you will trust that, God has some great things in store. So we're gonna talk about more of that next week, okay? So remember, bow chicka bow wow, that's next week, all right? Here's commitment number five. Trust and follow God's plan for who you'll accept. Who you'll accept. So many young people that I know Make the mistake of settling, all right? Settling for someone to be in a relationship with, because like we saw in the video, it's like, you know, I don't really have a lot of other options, so I'm thinking this is my best one, and I know it's a lot of red flags, but you know, it's better to be with someone than have no one, right? Well, that's kind of really bad wisdom, bad advice. But that's how many people pick their dates. But God wants you to have high standards, and so if I can speak to ladies just for a second, all right? So many ladies, so many wonderful, beautiful, sweet girls think that somehow I've got to date, like, the bad guy. I've got to date this guy. Like, I know he's got a lot of issues, but he's, like, really hot. And, like, if you see him in a pair of Levi's, you know, you would just understand totally why I need to date this guy, okay? That, that, that's, like, uh, that's, like, really poor advice. I would say, sweetheart, what are you smoking? Okay, because uh, it's just not very smart. I mean, you are a Christ follower. You are a special creation that God has made and created, and, and you don't have to settle. You don't have to... Pick someone who you think you're going to change or that you don't understand, but we're in love. Oh, you you don't understand, we're different. Yeah, I've heard all of those things. And if you talk to someone who's a little bit older and has been married before, they're gonna shake their head and they're gonna say the same thing that Pastor Dan says, like you are totally fooling yourself and love is blind. God wants you to find someone ultimately and marry someone who will serve you and lay their life down for you and be spiritually aligned with you. You don't have to settle for a fixer-upper. Here's the kind of guy, girls, that you need to wait for, okay? Ephesians chapter five, verses 25 and 26. Talking to husbands, husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. Now how much is that? He's gonna go on and tell us. Christ gave himself up, gave up his life for her to make her holy and clean and washed by the cleansing of God's word. You don't have to settle, you don't have to compromise, you don't have to get tired of waiting, you don't have to think that God is not listening, you don't have to convince yourself that God's too busy. Trust and wait on God and don't settle for anything less than the right person, and you will know when that right person is. So here's what I want you to know. If you'll focus on becoming the person that God wants you to become, If you will become the person that the person that you're looking for is looking for, you will save yourself a lot of heartache and you can take God at his word. Because as your pastor, I want you to be spiritually aligned with someone that you're dating. I want to save you from a lot of grief, from a lot of heartache, and I want you to experience joy in dating and not this complicated, big mess, spider web thing that how did I get involved with this person? Don't settle for anything less. I am uh, really blessed in my line of work to be able to uh, work with couples in premarital counseling, and uh, it's really, it's one of the joys that I have. I love, I love helping people, and when people come to me and, and things are rough in their life, I do enjoy helping them work through that and helping them sort through that, but I also get a lot of enjoyment out of helping people on the front side of things before things, like, Get messy and before there's issues. And so currently, um, I'm working with three different couples that um, attend Exodus. I think three, two of them are, are here. Two of the couples are here this morning. But I get the pleasure of sitting down with them and meeting with them and talking about marriage, talking about love, talking about dating, talking about sexuality. And I basically talk to them about that stuff. I give them assignments that are designed to help them get to know each other, to prepare for marriage. And then we come back and we sit down and we talk about it. And I ask them what they've learned, and um, what thrills me the most is that, that these three couples that I'm working with right now, they've done so many things right with this. These things that you're seeing on the screen, these principles, they have followed these principles, and God has brought this person in their life, they're getting ready to get married, and they have avoided many of the pitfalls um, that, that happens in the dating world. And I'm not saying that they're perfect, but it's a joy for me as a pastor to be able to help them and, and be able to see them make good steps now, let me close with this one story. We have a little dog at our house, and um, it 's a little shit zoo. Her name is Jensen or Isabel. She kind of has two names that's that 's a long story. You can ask my daughter Ashton why that is the case, but we 're not going to get into that but here 's the thing with our little dog. Um, our dog um, is is doesn't like to go to the restroom like in the grass or get her feet dirty like when we let her out. She doesn't like to do any of that. There's a concrete pad beside our driveway, and she likes to go to the restroom and do her business on that concrete pad like where people walk and park and do that because she's too like good to go out in the yard like other dogs do. So now, Our family, we know that. It's like, avoid the pad. Like, if you go over on the pad, you're going to walk in something that you don't want to walk in. And especially at night when it's dark and you can't see. So sometimes we'll tell people, oh, if you're going to, watch out. Like, watch the stuff. You don't want to step in the stuff. Now, I mean... You can ask Matt Dooley about it. I think he even stepped in it uh, a couple of weeks ago over there. And we'd like, oh, Matt, sorry. Yeah, that's the little area that the dog kind of does her, her business in. Now, here's my point. Way too many people approach dating like that. They're like walking in this area. And they're like, no, don't do that. Don't go over there. Don't do that. I'm like, I know what I'm doing, okay? I'm like, no, just be really careful. If you date her or do that or it's just not going to end well. And they're like, I know what I'm doing. Okay. I know what I'm doing. I've walked before. Okay. I'm not an idiot. And they're like walking around. They're walking around and like, and it's that look of when they turn their shoe up like that. And they're like, Oh, and I'm like, I kind of tried to tell you, you know, if you like, if you go there, like you're going to step in something that you don't want to step in. All right. And I I love you too much just to not tell you that, not give you that warning. That if you'll just stay away, if you'll just do things differently like God has asked you to do, I think it's going to end up being a beautiful experience. Because God has given us these principles, not because he doesn't want you to go on a date. In fact, it's the total opposite. He wants you to experience dating. He wants you to experience your sexuality. And and maybe ultimately marriage, in a very beautiful way, and, and, and to wait and to prepare for that and to be ready for what God has in store. So my prayer for you today is that you would commit yourself to following and trusting God's plan in who you are, who you'll see, where you'll look, what you'll do, and who you'll accept. Let me say a prayer for you. God, I thank you for uh, allowing us just to talk candid about uh, something that many times in the church we don't talk a lot about. But um, for those in the uh, arena of dating or maybe in future in the arena arena of dating, I just pray um, that you would help them see that the things that we've talked about um, are beautiful things that you've put in place so that we can experience dating and the opposite sex and maybe ultimately marriage in a very healthy and a very good and in a very deep way as the way that you've designed it. So my prayer is that uh, you'd help each person here to uh, make the changes, make the commitments that they need to navigate that in a way. And uh, if there's a person out there that you have for them, I just pray that you'd help them to be patient and uh, put themselves in places where they will find that person, and when you bring that person into their lives, just make that very obviously known to them as well. So we thank you again um, that you are able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. And so I guess we claim that promise today, and I claim that promise for those who are out there uh, looking and in the arena of dating, and we thank you for your faithfulness to us, in Christ's name, amen. Amen.